Welcome to the Digital Dive Podcast, a conversation about tech. My name is Darsh. I am one of your hosts. I'm Jacqueline. I'm your other host. And in this week, we take a digital dive into the behind the scenes of launching my first tech product, Apple requiring body cams to prevent leaks, a Windows 11 breakdown, Samsung One UI, and a lot more. Roll the intro. I just have one thing to say. Actually, no, I have a couple of things to say. I mean, like first and foremost, congratulations. You have officially launched your first tech product. Not only is this huge, but it's just freaking awesome. Thank you. Why don't you run everyone down? Not run everyone down. That's not really bad. Why don't you give us the rundown of exactly how, how this all kind of came to be and what the product is? The product is a collaboration with Dive. So it's NBT times Dive Tap. Dive is a company that is co-founded by actually the editor of this podcast, Luke Fabricatori. The product on a general level is a custom card that allows you to share your online world with just a tap. So it's an NFC enabled card and you can share files, a business profile, photos, your actual, just your contacts, just a link to your YouTube channel or Instagram. You can literally share whatever you want. The possibilities are kind of limitless within like the terms of service, obviously the product, but we've been working on it now for I think six months at least. It's been a really crazy thing like there's been a lot of stressful aspects of it to try to get like on my end I'm like doing a lot of advising and also the designs obviously and then making sure that everything like works well and how do we market it and how do we tell a story around it and then on Luke and Ronnie's end they're doing tons of like programming like literally making the entire site they're printing the actual card so like we're both like bringing very different things to the table to make like this epic partnership and I think that the product is going over super well with people we had an awesome launch day and I'm just I'm stoked about it that's honestly fantastic Jacqueline told me about the product literally the day before it came out i was just kind of like thrown aback i was like oh my god i could have never thought because you guys were dropping like hints left right and center you guys were dropping hints and like teasers for people trying to decrypt and figure out and i just remember to myself thinking to myself i'm like okay that looks like a coffee machine okay so she's making a coffee machine that's tech right i saw like it looked like a lock your logo flipped around in the render yeah and i was like okay so like it's it, maybe it's a padlock that like you you like, use a thumbprint or something and it gets you in like i didn't know what you were doing this was like so far off from what i thought but it was so on brand yeah dude what did you think i sent it to darsh early what did you think when i first sent it to you when you sent me the breakdown the pictures the everything like it just looked so interesting i was like wow like the application for this is like kind of endless and it's like the thing with tech too like there's no chance that like someone hasn't tried something like this like in the past nfc chips are in passports at this point the way that you guys have implemented especially with dive and dives technology is genius because it it's the most common thing where you're at a party, for example, especially now that COVID's kind of winding down in a lot of places, there are a lot of places that are, are opening up now. And so these places that are kind of more open, people are starting to socialize. It's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a year. Did I tell you about my new blog? Oh no, what's it called? Here, tap, boom, <laughs> done. You're at a party. Hey, I got a YouTube channel, guys. Go follow it. Boom, 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 boom. Tap like 12 different phones, 12 new subscribers, stuff like that. Like you have this opportunity now to share with the world whatever you want at a tap without having to explain anything, without having to give them something that can be lost communication. Like I saw on the website, that you guys can share full contact files. That's absurdly cool. And it automatically actually creates like the contact page. So all you have to do is just add it to your contacts, mm -hmm. which is sick. I'm so stoked about that. There's also like the file, you can do like 32 megabytes, if I'm not mistaken, to upload photos and stuff. So at a family event, if people have Android and iOS, you could just easily tap it and then they can get the photo right away. That kind of stuff is really cool. This card is so cool. And it comes in a bunch of different pictures, right? Like each card looks a little different. Like you can get like the different designs. Yeah, so we have the classic one, which is like, 
like the clean design with a tech flair and then there's hidden references to like different things so like my actual like rings are on here that I wear in most videos record player because I'm into like vinyls and stuff cold brew coffee then there's the cold brew one which is actually like a picture of the coffee that I drink every day I took a photo of it Joe edited it which is really really cool and there's the MBT logo is hidden in the design as a piece of ice then there's the logo one which is just like the classic MBT logo it's actually one of my favorites and it's the most affordable one because we wanted to make sure price wasn't a barrier like it's $13 so hopefully if anyone wants it they'll be able to afford it and then the limited one which will update every single month so right now it's the June logo like the campfire logo but that will change every month so this one's only available for the next 30 days and I want to make clear in the podcast it is U.S. only so do not try to check out with this if you do not have a U.S. shipping address if you do try to check out hopefully it won't work but if it does not Dive will just refund you they're handling all the shipping stuff that is still really really cool though I like the idea of how you guys are changing it every month as well like that is really genuinely on brand with you and what you've been doing this past year I feel like everyone that's listening to this knows but if you don't already know Jacqueline comes out with new wallpapers and a new overall theme for her channel every month she works to do that like she puts them out and it's genuinely insane so the idea that now you can get these cards that are each month you get like a one-off like a limited drop like I think that's really cool and it just really does make it that much more I guess unique to you and your brand which I think is just awesome thank you first of all I really appreciate that yeah I like as we were doing these logos they kind of just evolved into like their own story on the channel and I was like how can we bring these to the physical world obviously we have the wallpapers and stuff but yeah I felt like the perfect integration I'm super happy that people like it there was so much like back and forth on the design and what we wanted to do with it we ended up going with like this pink background and it looks like very MBT like and it's actually our best-selling card right now which is super exciting and surprising so I'm stoked about that also podcast listeners if you want 10% off your first order we did like a custom coupon code for 25 people so digital dive is the code if you want 10% off your first order won't be available forever so if you want to do that you should probably do it soon absolutely so you guys got to go check that out the link to go actually pick one of these up will be linked down below it's one of those things guys you guys have to check out i saw the cold brew one it was like literally taken by jacqueline's the coffee she drinks i just thought it was cool because kind of like someone's wallet there's like the little picture thing if you love coffee so much You, you, you put that in there. It's a picture of coffee, but it also taps and gives people all your information, which is like kind of cool. That's just so sick. Everyone go check that out. Link down below. Go pick up one of the tap cards. They're they're just insanely cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Thanks for everyone that supported it. Darsh, your card should be there. It's international shipping, so I don't know exactly when, but like it should be there this month, <gasps> which is exciting. Yeah, I can't wait for you to actually like see it. By the way, totally unrelated, but semi-related, people have really been requesting your presence in the Dive Discord. I can come to that Dive Discord. I mean, I'm going to be pretty honest with you guys i hate discord okay, i hate discord that's a very that's a very harsh word i'm not a huge fan of discord i don't use it very often i don't have much reason to use it i do have one so maybe maybe i'll join in like come say hi every now and then like chat with people if the peeps want it i'll come or you guys just tweet me on twitter i, I literally try to respond to everyone on twitter i don't get that many interactions so like i'm usually like quick with responses and like pretty good about interacting with everyone but yeah sure i'm happy to join the discord but something that's interesting about discord it's a really really cool approach to kind of like video and audio chatting mm-hmm. a company that tried doing that recently and baking it into their OS was Microsoft. And I think that I think that was the dumbest idea they had Ooh. for the specific purpose of that single app. So if you guys didn't actually hear about this, so we're going to just jump right into the news this week. Again, guys, go check out Jacqueline's product. Link down below. No, no, let's do it. That was an A1 transition. I'm so impressed with you. I just want to make sure that everyone knows though. Like I want to plug you as much as I can because this is a really dope product. I really, really like it. Dude, thank you so much. I'm stoked about to hear your thoughts on this Windows 11 thing because it's been polarizing the fact that they integrated Microsoft Teams, but you're adamantly not a fan. Okay, so here's the thing with Microsoft Teams. Like, it sounds so professional. So, so, so Jacqueline, when you when you think of Microsoft Teams, what are the first thing you think of? Business call, briefings, conference call. Like, you don't think family, friends. Yeah, the only time I've used Microsoft Teams was in a lecture for school 
this past year. And it was the worst experience I had just because my prof like, it's just so like just like like the their Wi-Fi connection was so bad. Like I don't know how Microsoft Teams worked, but they were so bad at just like switching a lot of different streaming platforms and different like video chatting platforms will basically change. They'll have an adaptive bit rate. So like each of like the video over time will just consistently be changing. So it can like adapt to the Wi-Fi that you're using, right? Same as like Netflix, for example, like throttle down your display preferences because it's trying to like help produce it or send it out or whatever, right? Yeah. I don't know what it was about Windows Teams when at least when I used it or Microsoft Teams, when I used it, it wasn't great, but it has now been baked into the Windows 11 OS, which has now been fully announced by Microsoft. So we've actually seen like there's a ton of information about it. So you guys haven't heard about it. So basically Windows 11 is a new approach to Windows that Microsoft recently came out with. They announced it on the 24th and there have been a lot, a lot of articles and they're very polarizing talking about people's opinions on it because it's supposed to be the, like this was supposed to be the new generation of Windows after them saying that Windows 10 was like the last generation of Windows for like the next like decent bit like four years later they're like boom new one but yeah so they basically came out with Windows 11 I want to break down all the new features Jacqueline you were watching the event as well correct yeah you know the event they had like a press link and the stream was just like there were so many people on it that Darsh actually told me to watch it on Twitter and that was the way that I was able to watch it. It was actually a really good event. Everyone was like dressed really well. Yeah. Right? One of the presenters had like incredible pants like that were like super cool. And then the main guy was wearing really cool shoes as well. Nice sneakers are always the move. Like I'm not even going to lie about that. They look good. And and they were, I feel like they presented pretty well too. Did you feel like they did a good job? As far as like Microsoft events go, like I, I don't usually stick around for them. I usually just drop in, check them out for a little bit, then dip. This wasn't bad. I actually kind of liked that. I watched the entire thing. I had it running in the background. While I was getting some work done. had my earbuds in. And I was just like listening. They brought up a lot of cool things to the table and I definitely want to touch on them. Jacqueline, what are your overall thoughts now that we've actually seen the design though? Like wh- what do you think about how this design layout is? What do you think about the transparency of it all? Like the centered everything? What are your overall thoughts on the design for it? Marquez said it best by saying it's like a very like glassy design. It has a lot of those like glass type elements. I think it looks really cool. The centered bar at the bottom looks good to me. I don't think it was as major of an update as they made it seem. Mm-hmm. However, I'm down with it. I think that they've definitely like it's solid the microsoft Teams thing is a little weird to me because they also own skype and i feel like skype is a little bit more universal and less work focused but i think overall they did a pretty good job so here's the funniest thing about skype right when quarantine hit the obvious go-to should have been skype but no it was zoom that's why i feel like microsoft really dropped the ball and this is why i think they dropped it again with microsoft teams it's kind of like skype you guys bought for like billions i believe like it was like four billion dollars something like that five billion some like big 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 number they pretty much just let it sit there and die when they said microsoft teams i was kind of just shaking my head like why you had such a cool option there to completely redesign skype and just like blow us out of the water oh, well, I'm not going to harp it any further. But I absolutely agree with you, Jacqueline, when you say that the transparency and like the glass-like feel looks really cool. I think it does really make it feel futuristic. It takes away like the kind of material UI design, like where it's very like color and straight up, this is a white background. This is a very blue background. This is yellow, whatever it may be. And it takes the panels from the Microsoft logo and makes it a lot more translucent, which I feel like is like really cool. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Google Windows 11 and look at some of the snapshots of the UI itself, because it's pretty much like everything has this transparent fogged glass overlay and it makes it feel I, I don't know why to me at least but it makes it feel super premium mm-hmm. i feel this platform itself feels super premium but some of the cool features that i wanted to touch on during this conversation during the discussion was so for one the new start menu i was never a fan of all the live tiles i always found them super confusing and i felt like it was more i guess touch focused than it was cursor focused and whenever i used a windows computer it was usually like at school or like when i'd review one and usually most of the time it wouldn't be a touch screen and i think once 
I had a touchscreen, I still didn't love it that much. But yeah, and they've changed it now to be a lot more industrial, a lot more like useful. You have like pinned applications and then you have recommended files and applications based on what you've recently opened or added, which I think is really smart. I feel they didn't have that before. It stands out a lot better to me. And then they ended up adding another icon as well. I don't know, Jacqueline, if you saw this, the widgets icon. Yes. It's like baked into the taskbar now where you literally click it. I think that's a really good move. Oh, absolutely. How many cool Windows based like widgets could they probably create? Like Windows is pretty open source. Like you can kind of like design whatever you want, put on a Windows computer. Like it's kind of like the Android. It's like Windows and Android are one side of the market, iOS and macOS are the other side where macOS and iOS is very baked down, like very, I don't know if secure is the right word, but I'm trying to say it's very like locked down, Mm -hmm. but Windows and, and Android, they're very open. They give you the chance to really customize what you're working with. You can really build your own Windows computer. You can't build your own Mac. I mean, you can, but like. I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. It's much more open source, which is actually interesting. Exactly. So with like widgets and stuff, like I can only imagine like the really, really cool stuff that someone could do, like creating a whole widget that's pretty much like a notion, like a transparent notion screen that works like notion, like however you built out your notion and stuff like that. Like that could be really cool. Totally. Yeah. Was there anything that you wanted that you didn't get? Honestly, I didn't know what I'd want from Windows Mm -hmm. because I don't use Windows. It's not like, it's not what I use. But one thing that I was actually really happy with was them porting over Android apps, which I thought was kind of cool. But it's kind of a little sketchy though. It's a little cop out. So they partnered up with Amazon to bring the Amazon app store, the Amazon app market or whatever they wanted to call it. And they pretty much integrated it in the Microsoft store. By them doing this, a byproduct of this was pretty much like you get now most of the great apps you get on Android, but then you have to look at like the fine print. It's most. And you also have to get it through the Amazon store, meaning that it's like Amazon store baked into the Microsoft store. So you have to use your Amazon account to do it. And then you just, you set it up for the first time. Then after that's seamless, but it's still like an extra step that you do have to do. Whereas on Mac OS, where now you can also use iOS apps, you pretty much just use the app store and your iOS, your iCloud account and do it. So it would have been cool to see that. But I think Microsoft's just trying to open up their store to make them seem a little bit less anti-competitive a bit. Because now Amazon has a space in the store. I know that Microsoft is now talking to Steam as well to bring in games into the Microsoft store. Like it seems like Microsoft is really trying to like be the opposite of Apple. And I feel like there's a lot of people who kind of agree with this, like the anti-Apple in a sense. I think like the demographic that buys Windows is pretty different than the demographic that buys Mac. Mm -hmm. Like the feature set also, like I feel like if you're a Windows user, you're probably, there's more of a chance that you're an Android user. Whereas if you're a Mac user, there's actually a pretty high chance that you also have an iPhone. Oh, absolutely. So the Android app thing makes a lot of sense to me. I think, Darsh, we should take a break right now and get a cold brew. Absolutely. I definitely need some extra coffee. I've been been lacking on the espresso lately and I I really, really am craving one. So I will come back with with a nice hot espresso and uh, we'll be right back, guys. Samsung One UI, there's been some news about that this week and Google Wear. And I wanted to throw it to you, Darsh, to maybe do a quick breakdown if you're down so we can be informed about what's going on. Well, I'm always down for a breakdown. (laughs) I'm hilarious. Anyway, (laughs) okay. If you guys listened a couple weeks ago, we did talk a little bit about this. Google had come out with the idea of pretty much merging with Samsung to offer their consumers a more, just a more universal way to kind of buy Wear devices. They wanted to offer a better way, a better OS for people who want smartwatches who don't want to necessarily buy an Apple Watch. And I don't blame them because Apple Watches are very, very locked down and you can't really use them with Android. So what else? are you supposed to use? So Google paired up with Samsung with their already 
we created Tizen platform and pretty much merged the two together to create this new version of Wear OS. Now, we still haven't seen Wear OS live in the wild yet, but this last, I believe, week or so has been MWC and Samsung has showed off its latest smartwatch interface called the One UI Watch. I don't know why the software is called One UI Watch. This is just the reports that I've read, but it's, I guess they called it that. The thing is, One UI already exists for its watches. That is what I believe the Tizen platform is the source of, right? Mm -hmm. So now this is the latest One UI that's now based on Wear OS. So the same way that Samsung would go about creating TouchWiz in the past, or it's pretty much a skin layered on top of Wear OS. Samsung had unveiled it today and or in the past couple of days, they'd pretty much unveiled it and showed it to us. So it got a little bit of a sneak peek. And it seems like one of the things that it's done is pretty much offered us a lot of fixes for things that we had issues with within Tizen. Maybe it's just me. I've used a couple of the Samsung Galaxy Gear watches. I like them, but I feel like if you're using anything that's not a Samsung device, you kind of get shafted in what you can do because mm-hmm. it's all Samsung software. Whereas now this is Android based. So this partnership is going to really help a lot more people feel more comfortable on the platform. For one, there's a couple of things that did stand out from what I saw that I wanted to bring up. And one of them has been the settings menu. And this is mostly because now you have pretty much more of a design that's similar to that of what you'd see on your phone, as well as you have the ability to sync more things from your phone. So Jacqueline, you know, on Apple watches, right? With Apple and iPhone, if you were to download an app on the app store on your phone, it shows up on your Apple watch as an application to use, right? I think so. I think you can actually toggle that in the settings. So like you can have all of your apps transfer the Apple watch or you cannot. Like, I think you can pick. Exactly, but you can still do that. So one of the things and one of the gripes that a lot of people have had with Samsung's watches is that it had its own app store. This isn't me trashing Samsung's app store, but it was trash. <laughs> like, okay, so it, <laughs> I literally did this before the episode. I was talking to Jacqueline and I said something. I was like, I don't mean to to kind of... You go, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but I hated it. <laughs> like, like that Really contradictory. I'm not saying that it was like, okay, it wasn't the worst platform in the world. It wasn't the worst app store in the world either. But the thing that I found really frustrating with it was the fact that you'd have to open up the Samsung gear app, then go inside there and then deep dive into the applicate, like into the app store from there. And then you have to download the app port it to the watch. And then when it gets on the watch, you have to set it up in the watch and then go back to the application on your phone to set up all the nitty gritty stuff. Now it's going to be kind of whatever Android apps and app developers want to create a smart watch or a watch face or something like that. It automatically ports over when you download their app, which I think is actually a huge win, not only for wearers, but I feel like for developers too, because now they don't have to make anything on Tizen. They're making it just on Android, which I feel like just makes so much more sense. I know that Samsung really wants to build their ecosystem. So it makes sense that they are are still working on watch os but i feel like i never see reviews or really hear about other watches aside from like the apple watch it's crazy how like five years ago it was such a big market and you had like the moto 360 it was a really competitive market and now the main smartwatch is definitely the apple watch it's become okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna go back a little bit when the apple watch came out everyone was a little skeptical they're like okay people have tried smartwatches for a while but i guess with the apple watch like we can expect more or something but people started trusting it almost immediately i feel like that's just like the cult fall in the apple Yeah. Whereas with other companies like Pebble, for example, they had a very niche audience. Like I was part of that audience. I absolutely loved Pebble. I had the normal Pebble and then I had the Pebble Steel and I had them for so long. I actually ended up making a profit when I sold them because they were like this, there was this collector who wanted to pick up like every single iteration of the watch. Wow. And I had both the stainless steel and the leather edition. So he ended up buying them both off of me after they started going kind of more deceased. Damn. Yeah. It's kind of sad though. Like when you think about it, like that they're just not like a company anymore or not that they're not a company, but like that they're not producing like the same products that they were like four
four years ago. Yeah, like they're bought up by Fitbit. Yeah, like the market just has changed so much where like these major players like Fitbit or Google have like bought other companies. So like the competition is just less. And it seems like the barrier to entry to make a smartwatch must be pretty high because we don't see new companies getting involved that readily. Well, I mean, another thing with starting with a smartwatch or any wearable for that fact is that you actually really do have to have the software and the hardware to support it. And if you aren't a software company or you aren't a hardware company, you're kind of putting yourself at a loss there because you put out a product like that that requires both software and hardware and you want to put your own proprietary software on it, but you're not a hardware company, then you're losing half the battle. Or if you're a hardware company and you're not a software company, you're losing the other half of the battle. So it's very much like you have to find that mix. Yeah. But something actually that's really interesting is that companies that are both create really, really weird products, especially for their employees, like this reported leak that Apple is making their employees wear police grade body cams, <laughs> which you already know is going to have like iMessage or something built in or FaceTime or something like that. No way. I'm fully kidding about that. But I'm being so serious though. Like Jacqueline, you sent us this article that do you want to kind of break it down a little bit? Like what is this? So this article came from Connor, actually a podcast listener. Basically the leak is from front page tech. And the leak that came out is that Apple, it was actually a leaked memo from Apple all about how they're trying to prevent leaks and how certain employees are going to wear these body cam cameras now so they can kind of like control all these leaks because I guess like Apple's kind of always been against leaks and stuff like that because if you end up not launching the product or maybe like it kind of like takes away the hype a little bit, even though it also gets you in the news cycle more, it seems like they're adamantly like not into leaks. So they are have always tried to put in different things in place, whether it be like going after a journalist or firing people. But this is like a different level to have certain employees wear body cams. Obviously, it's not every employee and we'll see if it actually happens. But from page tech, John Prosser did leak this a couple of days back. That's the funniest thing though, right? Like imagine going into work and you're asked to pretty much wear this body camera to show people what you're doing and then you have to go pee. I don't know what happens with it. I'm not sure if you just have to like wear it like in the room or if it's like it has to be on you the entire day. Yeah, like, I imagine it's probably something along the lines like, because it seems like it's not like you have to wear it full time. Like it, it's kind of like- It's just when you're probably in contact with the new products. It's probably like when you're like in a meeting or something, when someone's coming out with like, where they're showing you new stuff, they're showing you new products or they're showing you new renders or whatever it may be. And someone like kind of just like takes a screenshot or something. And you're wearing this body cam that has 180 degrees field of view. And you're like, oh shoot, they just caught me taking a screenshot of that. What do I need that screenshot for? I wonder, am I leaking things? Yeah, and we'll see like what happens happens like who has to wear it is it people that are working on the marketing because obviously they know what the product is is it people that are actually producing the product like in the factories higher ups that know like the year-long plan if not more I'm not sure who it's limited to but obviously I think like it takes away a little bit of privacy of your job and I could see people not being stoked about it like I could see Apple getting a lot of pushback about it yeah no I I I think this is a huge privacy issue if you were to kind of like have to wear cameras in the workplace I feel like they would hinder a lot of people's I feel like their want or the their perception of the workplace at Apple. I feel like that does really kind of contribute to that kind of workplace. And like, unless I see Tim Cook wearing one, I I wouldn't want to wear one. (laughs) Like Tim, like unless you're peeing with the camera, I'm not going to pee with the camera (laughs) on. Like that's just kind of how it works. Like I'm being so serious. So like like, if it comes down to the fundamentals. Dude, I don't think they're going to make anyone wear it in the bathroom, dude. Absolutely not. I'm trying to be, I have to make this a joke because like this is the first thing I thought of when I'm like, okay, Apple employees wearing a camera, like knowing Apple with how rigid their software is, I can only imagine how rigid their rules are on campus. Let's 
let's just say that you're wearing it and then you get like devastating personal news. Like now that's caught on film. There's a lot of elements to this that like I doubt are fully being considered. Oh no, exactly. So the camera that's actually been leaked, it's the Axon Body 2 camera. This is literally a full out body cam. So like you're looking at- It's like similar to a police camera. Yeah, like you have a speaker, dual channel microphones. You got, like it looks like a pretty big, like a pretty decently sized sensor. The device itself is pretty big as well. And then it has like a mount. It's a 90 degree mount that you mount, I believe at the center of your body. It's a magnetic back that you pretty much put underneath your shirt. I, I don't know. I really don't know how Apple will be able to do this. I feel like there'd be just so many like problems with that. I can foresee, first of all, a lot of backlash from people, but I can also foresee it becoming like a privacy nightmare for Apple to have to figure out what they can and cannot record and how do they manage this footage? Like now are they going to have to hire a team of people to review thousands of people's body cams? Like how many people are going to be wearing the body cam? When will they wear it? Will that actually prevent leaks if a lot of the marketing stuff is emailed to people? There are a lot of elements to it. So we shall see what happens. I don't know. Leak culture is just going to be a thing, I think. A couple days back, someone tweeted me that they were shocked that like the tech product that I'm working on like didn't get leaked. And it's because the team of people working on it is like four of us, five of us. It's like me, Luke and Ronnie and Laura, who's doing like shipping and manufacturing and stuff. So that's like a really small team of people, but Apple has thousands of people. So as your company gets bigger and bigger, it just becomes harder and harder to contain the information. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Like, like that's the thing too. Like, okay, so they're literally saying like, okay, we want to like sue people who are leaking. Like, yo, no one signed no NDA. Like there's no one who signed any non-disclosure agreement saying, that you cannot share this. Like if someone like John Prosser, for example, gets this sent to him and he's like, and he's like, okay, I got a Twitter account. Why can't I share this? It's literally stuff like that. Like it's, it's a freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Like, I don't know. This just kind of puts a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I understand them wanting to prevent things from being shared that's like only they should be privy to mm-hmm. but they're going a little extreme with the leak like yo samsung embraces their leaks like i feel like samsung genuinely embraces their leaks at some points so does google i feel like there's been no pixel that hasn't come out like fully rendered before it was released it hasn't been great for them i feel like apple is better off than a lot of companies but a lot of things still do get leaked unfortunately like airpods max leaked months before so it's like do you try to stop this or do you just embrace it as like part of the public relations but on the other hand like now having done a product i totally understand like how much would it have sucked if this whole product came out weeks before I was ready that would have been horrible and like the story around it is never as good as the actual story like no one knows the nuance of the product so Apple doesn't get to tell the narrative of their product so I understand why they're like they don't want to embrace it but I think like as technology and cameras become smaller and smaller and more readily available it's gonna be really hard to moderate it that's the thing it's it's gonna be harder and harder to moderate as you have more people working for you whether or not Apple actually implements this we don't know we will never know but I do want to pose a question to you guys everyone who's listening what are your thoughts on this how much of a privacy concern do you think this is? Do you think that Apple is, I'm not going to say dumb, but how dumb do you think Apple would be to kind of implement this on their campus and have people wear this all the time? I mean, we don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but if they were, what are your thoughts on it? Tweet us at Digital Dive Pod. This is definitely something that I don't like this week. It just really doesn't have me in a good, I guess, just thought process, but that's just me. Let's let the switch a little bit. Declan, what are some things that you did like this week? That's not a body camera that's going to invade my ability to use the bathroom at Apple campus. <laughs> Dude, that that's the thing that's getting you out of all of it, not... I'm being so serious. No one needs to hear my, like me going to the bathroom. No one needs to hear my conversations in the bathroom with myself. Like, it's just like, no. I think we need to explore why you're having conversations with yourself in the bathroom in a future episode. <laughs> I have conversations with myself on Twitter. Of course I have conversations you with do. myself in the bathroom. You like, do. You guys gotta think about this a little bit. That is 100% valid. You totally do have conversations with yourself on Twitter all the time, which is one of the things I like this week, but I'll do a different one. It's called a comedy special, but I don't really think it's like fully comedy. It's more of like an insightful piece by Bo 
Burnham, who was a creator of eighth grade, used to be a YouTuber. Did I just say what it was called inside? Anyways, it's like this incredible piece, which initially seems like it's about being inside all the time because of the pandemic and how much of a mental toll that has taken on our health and like our mental health. But then when you explore further, it's it's really a piece about social activism a little bit and like privilege, but then also being a content creator and like all the moments that don't get captured. Like for example, fixing your hair before you go on camera or getting super frustrated that you can't get the focus in a shot and like slamming your camera, like all these like unflattering moments of what it actually means to be a content creator. And I felt like seen by it in a way that I hadn't with other stuff. It was so good. But then also the songs and the, he's a singer also, and they were really, really well written and also like addictive. So I've been listening to the Spotify playlist. Genuinely, if you have time, you should definitely watch it. I know it's been like a huge thing on the social media platforms. I call on a smear to state a video on it. I would highly recommend. Absolutely. I, de- I definitely will. Send me the link. I-, I would love to check it out. It's Netflix. Netflix. Okay, perfect. My first stuff I like this week, I mean, it's kind of the obvious. It's Jacqueline's product Ooh. without me harping anymore on it. Like I'll give, I'll give another one too. And it was Peter McKinnon's video. I finally watched it on, I literally went on a full Peter McKinnon binge uh, yesterday night. I watched Testing the World's Slowest Coffee Maker. And it's literally like the coolest yet most over the top snobby way to make <laughs> coffee possible. And I don't know why I love it. Like straight, I, I love it. Dude, it looks really cool. I want it as a display piece whenever I grow up and actually like live out on my own, like like so, like with, with a wife and kids. Like I'm gonna be that dad who has like that cool coffee collection. Oh and I'm God. like, none of you kids can drink because it's too caffeinated for you. Like that's my goal. I, I want to be like, I can only drink this because it has like 400 milligrams of caffeine. Only I can handle it. I'm just being really whack right now. But no, dude, that would be actually really cool. I could totally see you being that, like having like a room just for coffee. So it's a funny story. The reason I thought this was really cool was because I would like to have something like this because it's a really interesting way to make coffee. But also I was visiting a friend this weekend and I ended up crashing at their place that night because it was like four hour drive away. And the next morning I come into the kitchen and there's all these different options for coffee. And the first thing I get asked is hot or cold. And they were referring to coffee. Like what would I like? Hot or cold coffee? The follow-up was espresso or French press. And I'm like, oh my God, you you guys know me so well. Like this is just That's how you know it was a beautiful morning. That's why I really wanted to bring the coffee thing up. Cause like, I kind of want to have that. Dude, if that was a girl, you'd have to marry her. Oh, absolutely. And the coffee, this the slowest coffee maker is something I would have as an offer. Be like, do you want coffee from this coffee maker? It'll take three hours, but like, I got you. Dude, it's kind of amazing. Like I'm kind of obsessed with coffee. Elliot Choi just posted a video. He was like, coffee's not a personality trait. And it definitely kind of is in some ways. Like if you like coffee, you talk about it a lot and like you try a bunch of different ways to make it. It's a kind of a cool hobby to have because you can try out a bunch of different coffee shops and it's like social and stuff. Yeah. It is like a crazy industry. Like there is a lot of money to be made in the coffee industry with all like these gimmicky, but also kind of cool things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But besides the coffee, Jacqueline, what was something else that you liked this week? Ed Sheeran just came out with a new song. It's called Bad Habits. It sounds super different. Heard it this morning. You like it? I loved it. I thought it was really good. It sounds really different than anything else he's done. Like the intro sounded to me a little bit like Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was so good. And then he also did an acoustic performance of it, which sounds like more like his normal work. But it's really cool to see him like try new things. The music video was bonkers, like very different than anything I've ever seen him do. So that's another one for me, but I'll throw it back to you. Another thing that I really liked this week was Rick and Morty. I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. And one of my buddies during the school year, like we just pretty much sit down, just binge random episodes, just like random nights. We'd just be bored and we'd do it. I remember we've been waiting for season five to come out for like at least two years. It finally came out and I watched the second episode on Sunday and I was very happy about it. And I wanted to share that with you guys. So go watch Rick and Morty guys. It's great. What is it about? I think I've heard of it before, but I don't know the premise. So it's a cartoon about this guy named Rick. He's a he, he claims to be the smartest 
smartest man in the universe, in the multiverse, as a cartoon. It's basically about his and his grandson's relationship, and they go on all these super crazy and whack adventures. But the reason I'm a huge fan of it, well, one of the reasons, other than the fact that it's just it's a pure, pretty genius show, the writer for it and the director, he used to write and direct one of my old favorite shows, it's still one of my favorite shows, Community. No way! Yeah, so Dan Harmon, the director and I think producer of Community and writer, he wrote Rick and Morty and directed and produced it and it's on Adult Swim and it's it's just honestly amazing. I like I can't explain it as much as I can just tell you to go watch it. I think that if you like sci-fi, like wacky humor and like some really whack shit sometimes, like go check it out. I'm definitely gonna check it out. That's awesome. I've definitely heard of it before but hadn't seen it. And you know what? Getting recommendations from people for shows and things to check out is kind of one of my favorite things. Like if you trust someone to give you a recommendation, it means you have a good relationship and I trust you. And I also trust the people that are listening to our podcast. So I think this is as good a time as any to announce that Darsh and I are going to be opening up a weekly Google form where you can submit topics. So like if there's a topic that you really want to hear us talk about on the podcast, we're going to be opening up this form for you to submit them. You would just need to submit them by Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central of the week that you want to hear it on, like for the following week. Like if you wanted to hear it on this week's episode, you would have had to submit this on June 29th. So you can kind of do the math on that. But it's going to be a really exciting opportunity for Darsh and I kind of hear more so what you want to hear about. But then also you guys are always on the money of like tech topics and stuff. So we always find interesting stuff from you. Absolutely. So keep on the lookout for the Google form link. I think we'll probably keep it like pinned. Yeah. When we start like opening it up for new topics. So definitely keep your eye out for it sometime around like Tuesday. I guess maybe Monday. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, guys. And we'll, we'll let you know when it's and everything's going to be happening. We'll send out a tweet after this episode goes live with more information about how you guys can be more a part of each and every single one of our episodes. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. Darsh and I are very impulsive. And when we think of an idea, we're just like, all right, let's do it. So this is literally an idea that we thought about like five minutes before we started recording this. And we were like, yeah, let's, ju- let's just do it. Let's just do it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Hopefully you guys are keen on the idea as well. Darsh, do you want to give any other stuff you like this week or should we round off the episode and tell everyone to have an awesome Monday morning and get a cold brew. Well, okay. So I have one more thing I did want to say. It's just because I had a, I watched a lot of content this past week. So I've been really burnt out as of late. So I've been just kind of like, I was in like three or four week, just like grind. And now I'm just kind of like a little burnt out. So I've just been watching a lot of content. I'm trying to catch up on a lot of stuff. So I Carly is a show I watched as a kid. They came out with a reboot on Paramount Plus and I started watching it. It's really awesome. It's, it's just honestly, it's pretty cool. And like, it made me really nostalgic and definitely want to tell you guys to go check it out because it's kind of cool, especially if you watched it as a kid. I watched like some clips on YouTube. I definitely actually want to watch the show, but it's funny, Darsh. I'll say this and then we could wrap up here. We're kind of on reverse schedules because while you were grinding like crazy, I was so burned out. Like I was going through it. This week, I've actually been able to get a lot done. So eventually we'll sync up and we'll both be super productive at the same time. But I think it's also really good to take breaks. So that sounds like a good one to be taking a break with and like it's not like a dumb kid show they definitely aged it up it seems like from the content i've watched it's literally meant to be the adult version of the show like they wanted the audience to be the kids who watched it initially now all grown up so it's a lot more targeted towards people like me like my kind of our kind of age group kind of thing if you guys are interested in iCarly the new reboot go check it out but we are running out of a little bit of time so I do want to say one thing before I go huge thank you to Adil Constantine for their <laughs> intro and outro music honestly fantastic job there huge shout out to Luke Fabricatori he is our amazing amazing editor who puts these episodes together every week for us so definitely go check him out too everyone's links will be down below in the show notes including our Twitter, check it out at Digital Dive Pod. Am I done plugging everything? I think I got everything. That's it. You did. You killed it. We will catch you Monday, 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Follow us on Twitter if you want to fill out like four submissions for topics, and we will catch you next week. 